I'm Cindy Temi. I'm Gracie May. And I'm Ola Awayo. And we are... Probeats! Your favourite Afropop podcast. Oh, crrr! Oh, crrr! Ola? Okay. <laughs> Hi, guys. How's everyone doing this week? Yeah, doing good. Okay. Good, good. Um, we are going to keep to very strict time in this week because we are practising timing for when we return to the normal world and have to go back to work at 9am in the morning. So to 7 keep it off. And that, uh, 7am for me. To be in the office. <laughs> no. no, I'm sorry. So you must finish at 3, yeah? Yeah, I've been working 7 till 3. Okay, good. Okay. Um, also because someone in my team is in a, in New Zealand, but I actually think I might stick to it because the freedom in the evenings is life. Nice. Just don't be. Oh, I like the fact that you log off at three. Well done. Me, that'll be there till ten pm. Um. Anyway, not no more. We move. Um. So we're gonna talk about. We're gonna kick off with Twitter topics. Yay! Twitter hands. Timeline. timeline. And I'll basically give you a rundown of the things that I've been exposed to this week on Twitter and hopefully you guys will have some information. The things I refuse to give light to, and hopefully you guys can shed a bit more once I give you the time, um, the, the headline. So the first one is something I've seen. Um, so basically there was a blogger that created a TikTok and she did one where I think every clip was a new style on her hair. So she changed up from washing her hair, ended up in braids. And I think somebody mimicked that and said my version and the the basically the loading trend was that why is it that no one ever gets created on tiktoks um and she was upset at the fact that she wasn't credited and whatnot now i mean it's a tiktok um i get creativity and owning rights to sort of certain levels of creativity like the don't rush challenge girls whoop, whoop, good idea but is it every time a new tiktok comes out you must give credit to the next person what are your thoughts in one Three words in a short sentence, sorry. Yes. Yeah, I agree. You have to go give credit. <laughs> Why? Cindy <laughs> <He> doesn't agree. <laughs> I just think, because sometimes you don't know, you know where the girl it that's from. Um, yes. You know the girl that's the Renegade Challenge? Yeah. There was two um, then white girls that went ahead and they were doing like this whole tour. They were in stadiums and the Renegade mm. girl just wasn't the credit and then I was mm. so happy to see, um Scooby-Doo the new movie um I guess as part of their marketing they recruited her to create a dance for Scooby-Doo oh, and I was wow. like, okay, this is what happens when you give credit to the right people obviously the two girls that were doing a tour have already been paid have already made their money have already sought fame but it wasn't until Black Twitter erupted and was like no why are you guys getting the revenue for something you didn't create and you're not crediting the original person so mm -hmm. it was I was happy to see her get her bag but yeah that's the main reason to credit people because you never know what opportunities are coming your way but also it's her intellectual property she owns it okay. yeah. also I think like let's like let's think about all of the situations in which we've seen like the people that have been doing this for years not getting credited like can, like what is that that British version of plantain chips that is about that German version no. of Chapman. The German broom. Version, the German version of Chapman. Like all Have you seen the 45 pound broom? The yeah. African broom. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's not, and even that, like all of these things, they're mockery. So the reality of it is that, yeah, credit the people. Okay, so the, it just begs the question. I'm just going to quickly spin off that. I know I'm keeping it short and sweet. The reality is we do not think to market certain things that we consider as non-value. For example, a broom, right? 
what now does that now mean we actually need to start thinking because a lot of the arguments that I saw on Twitter were that we've had these things for time but we never really use the opportunity and I just feel like I don't think it's us not using the opportunity I just it's us realizing the value in a broom that cleans the house like there isn't any value so essentially are we still at fault for not owning something that there was potentially no value in the first place and if we were to do you reckon we would still be getting the same sort of um um, I don't know, encouragement from others to sell it for £45. I just feel like it's never really valued until a Caucasian does it. I think, I think that the reality of it is that we just price things the way that we would be willing to pay for them. Does that make sense? And so, like... Do you think willing or the value? Because it's a broom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think... Okay, yeah, okay, good question. So I think the value, the value of the item, I think mm. what happens is, is that when other people don't like it, it's sort of like I essentially think what happens is is that in a situation in which you can create value, you can make the item seem more valuable than it is because it it seems revolutionary. They're just going to charge you more money, and so then all of a sudden it's supply and demand. And actually, the reality of the person who is now supplying it is someone that's telling you that oh, it can do X, Y, Z, selling it in an even more bespoke way. And we're sitting there like, but this is a broom now. Is mm. broom? Yeah, and still so confused. And it's the people that they're now marketing it, market, marketing it to that are now buying into however large their advertising is that makes it seem like this is something more revolutionary than the broom that you buy from Pax or hopefully your mum brings back from Nigeria because the ones woven there are much better. Do you know what I mean? And so it then, and you can think of so many different examples of this. It is because the item to us is used in a certain way and it's, it's accessible. It's cheap, it's accessible. Like you can buy a broom from Pax the same way you can buy it on the road in Croydon. Like there's mm. someone selling brooms, definitely. But to, mm. them, to, looking, to then they see it and they see money. Dollar sign. Chapman, plantain chips. How many specifically? I feel like within our community, if if somebody was to take ownership of that, there would be uproar because that's something that belongs to the culture. It's like when Michelle Williams dropped When Jesus Say Yes. We've been singing that song for decades. But who would you credit that song to? We don't know whether who the originator is. We just know that we've been singing it in our churches for years. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like there's two, there's two prompts to this argument. One, I feel like there would be uproar from people in the community saying this belongs to the culture. It doesn't belong to a person. How can you monetize it? But second of all, I feel like um, even even if we were to monetize it, because we know for the broom specifically, the origins of that is somebody going to their backyard, taking twigs and binding it together with rope. So if somebody else then turned around and said, okay, I'm going to charge you £10 for this, we would laugh in their face, kiss our teeth and go to our backyard and create it ourselves. So I think it's back to what I said around adding value or putting a premium on what we believe is something valuable. Because I okay. guarantee plantain chips, the broom, what else did you say? We know we can make it, which is why we wouldn't pay for it. Okay. All right. So to round that off briefly, I want you guys just to think out of the box in your creative spaces. Give me one item that we do not hold necess major value to that could potentially make us... Huh? Satin headscarves. Satin headscarves. I, I, feel, I feel like there's a place in the market, but okay, I like that. And Gracie? Um, can be I as abstract... Ghetto fashion, so the long nails, the bright coloured wigs, the eyelashes that are 15 inches long, all of that. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. And my one, my contribution is going to be the um, scarf, the rope, the scarf that you use to carry your baby. Um, so, guys, if we become millionaires, I'm going to be selling that for £45 on Etsy. Um, I'm going to market it as a safe way to keep hold of your child whilst being connected between mother and child. Um, you know, you're a bit late to the party. I feel like I've seen many people use scarves, and they, you know, there's those tutorials where you can wrap it this way and you can wrap it that way and have your baby. You know, there's there's now the baby order that you can buy it from Mother Care, it's 45 pounds. They've already taken that and that is why they have gone into liquidation. Bruh, they, they've taken it, and all they've done is take the anchor print off it, bro. Yeah. Essentially, but still, I think we need to. We there's a way we can do. It. I was gonna say, um, hot pepper, tatashe, oh. yeah. But I can't see what um. You know, you never know. Somebody's gonna make something for it. But mine is gonna be the this scarf. All right, cool. Um, on Twitter, so a wedding tweet on Twitter. Let's go to the topic of marriage this week. Centered around your husband, your partner has an ex. Um, so we credit we're crediting Reggie Yates tweets for this. Your partner has to do a poll on Twitter. Your partner has an ex that has a big house. You're looking, you're looking for a venue for your wedding and your partner's ex suggests their house can be used for the venue free of charge. Bear in mind, this house has a massive space big enough for your wedding reception. Will you be okay with that? Hola. <laughs> I'll just get yes or no answer, then I'll take reasons why after. Gracie? No. Me? No. Okay. Ladies, reasons behind. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, I wanted to be able to say yes, but my pride would never allow it. And that is actually, okay. I just feel like, I feel like one, it's pride. And two, I just, I'd, I'd, I'd never want to be in a situation in which I'm, I, anyone feels like I owed them something. And mm -hmm. in a situation where that person already has, they have something on me, do you know what I mean? They're my partner's ex and I'm now using their house. That to me is just opening doors for someone to go and tell their story however they want to tell it, um, mm -hmm. or actually just hold you to ransom on all these other things you should now do for them. I don't want to be in a situation like that. You, The reality of it, I do believe that you can get things for free in this life, but from situations like that, that is not an example. Um, so I don't want to be involved in it. Okay, nice take, Gracie. Like for me, um, I am my husband's first, last, and only. There was no one before me, there'll be no one after me. Okay, <laughs> X, what is God. that? Can <laughs> I work? Impossible, can't possible. There's a lot of things we can say, but all in all, um, <laughs> I'm a, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not gonna happen, but also, I feel like from a logistical point of view. Am I then staying in your ex's house the night before with my wedding dress? Oh, while she has okay. in her hand, ready to just terrorize me? Is she going to be poisoning the food that I give to my friends and family? Mm -hmm. um, is, is, is the shipment of drinks going to suddenly not have delivered? Um, I mean, there's so many things. Not that she's a spiteful person, but why in her heart of hearts would she even offer? Okay. What are you coming from? Why? What should I take? To be honest, yeah, and I get you. My reason for no is just I don't want my guests to be at risk of food poisoning from something that X has done. Um, so simple answer. And I no, there's no good enough intention for me to have my wedding hosted at my ex's. And I would never offer my ex my house. Why would I do that? I mean, True. What if they were like, um, no. so what if you're in a situation no. where your ex is like, 
Your no. person affects where let me land now. <laughs> so this person, let's say that this is a situation where your ex that your your you're even stumbling ex was or is his best friend. Like they tried to make it into a relationship and it was never gonna work, and now they're actually just defined as friends. So that oh, no. is actually about to be in your life for the rest of your life anyway. I'm no. his best friend. <laughs> By force, by fire. I'm by force, by fire. No. Okay. I mean, I would still say no, but no, I just want to ask. <laughs> I, I appreciate you trying to give us an alternative view, though, but no. Um, I thought <laughs> I have a few have other, I have a few other ticket Twitter ones, but I feel like the most important one to really touch on the last two I'm going to pick. I'm going to leave out um Doja Cat and Lena Denning. Yeah. So the ones I'm going to really focus on this week are Burner Boy and Pastor Toby and ZZ Mills. Um, so which ones should we quickly go in for? Oh, Burner Boy. Okay, I know how we really need to get it off our chests. <laughs> All right, so we recently as head of state, I don't know, head of whatever. Um, but I won't mention the name. Um, and um, Why? following the step down, they can Google it. Spack Nation. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> we're covered. We're all covered by the blood. Amen. Oh, need to get rid of these. Whoa. <laughs> So as as following his step down, um, a number of Croydon trap houses were raided, apparently, um, as following him stepping down. So a lot of people have said, wow, was he an actual insider? Was he the one that tipped off these police officers? And why is it after he's stepping down that these houses um, have been raided? I don't know why. But also in relation to that, ZZ Mills um, interview was obviously out with, um, to with Toby um, and... Um, she was recently featured on a, a roundtable um, at close proximity. So I don't know how they were managing to social distance, but what they spoke about was um, whether the allegations of both Toby and um, R. Kelly are actually true because her words were, how do you know? How do you know these things actually happened? And also the response, one of the girls came back with one of the other ladies on the show was, what she say? Unfortunately, her, her wording just didn't make it a credible response, but her wording was, it's out there in the internet or something like that. And then um, there was a spiral with one of the other guys and Zizi saying, look, how would that hold up in court? You go to court and your response for a defense is it's in the internet. Um, so essentially the argument here was that she's just a, somebody that lives off stirring the community based on her like responses. And obviously she, I, I, understand what she was trying to say essentially because both parties have not actually been proven guilty and I feel like the only reason why she's able to get away with it is because there's no guiltiness in I mean I can't he's been proven guilty is he but he's why is he walking the streets he's not walking the streets R. Kelly's in prison R. Kelly's in prison R. Kelly's in prison he's trying to get R. Kelly's in prison Kelly's in prison. We can Google it collectively. Shut up. Hola, did you know Kelly's in prison? I didn't know he was in prison. Kelly. Is he in prison? I don't think he's in prison, you know. I swear he was trying to use tactics to get out. Yes, Kelly's second bid to be freed from prison over coronavirus fears is rejected. He's in for 13 counts federal indictment. He's in prison. Been in prison. 
And on the 2nd of May, there was a story releasing he asked to leave jail for the third time after previous requests had been denied. This was on a Metro, a very credible source. Wow. Locked up. Kelly was in prison. Yeah. Wait, wait, what's, what did he, was he in for? I'm oh, sorry, I missed that. 13 counts of federal indictment. Oh, so those are the in relation to the, the allegations. Okay, yeah. fair enough. All right, so then that really spins my argument then. But yeah, what are your thoughts, guys? Just going to stop there whilst I. Gracie, you go first. <laughs> uh, yeah. I personally believe the side of the victim as opposed Always. to the perpetrator. Yeah. Um, it's, it's weird to be in a, a society where you're guilty until proven innocent. But when it comes to abuse claims, I don't feel like anyone's malicious enough just to come and do hate crimes. Yes, there's been few examples of people that have said that they've been raped when they haven't been. And there's been a few examples of where people have said that they've been kidnapped and they haven't. But I feel like the majority is people don't come forward because they're, they, they're afraid of being believed. So I would rather, in abuse cases, um, believe the, the victims. And I think... For anyone involved with Pastor Toby or R. Kelly, they're victims. Mm -hmm. Pastor Toby is is perpetuating um, a storyline, and I don't even know how he's got like federal endorsement from the government and from the mayor. Maybe because yeah. he's secret to dealing with gun crime or whatever. But you literally have people cutting off their families um, to live in these trap houses. You have people coming out saying that I I've been told to take out a business loan under duress. Mm -hmm. Or you've taken my details to do whatever. You can't tell me that there's no um, there's no element of manipulation, coercion, and duress in those circumstances. You can't. And whether it's because it's a cult, I can't speak on, or whether it's because they're actually kind mm -hmm. of. I, I mean, I've never attended the church, but for me, there can't be this many disgruntled people that just have it in for Pastor Toby and the church. Agreed. And that's just my personal opinion. And I've already been found guilty, so I won't talk about him. Um. Yeah. Okay. As well, so I think the main thing, like, um, I agree with Gracie. Like, in most situations, you do want to take the person, um, in most situations, innocent until proven guilty. But in a situation where it is, um, where the victims have, like, when the what the victim has gone through has been for so traumatic, um, I mm. think about it because what is the nature of people being malicious? I think that also the second part of it is that there's no smoke without fire, like, that, that, that. that phrases like this stereotypes like this and so on and so forth they exist for a reason and to be honest he perpetuates every single version of these stereotypes um like he's trying to do something and what what i find uncomfortable is the idea that in the wants to do something revolutionary you do not um you do not address how confrontational it is you just live it offending with offending like you're not trying to even you're not even trying to understand why people may be uncomfortable about how you're doing it. Like if, if your end goal is really to change this, explain to us in detail why your mechanism is the one you choose rather than just live your mechanism. Do you know what I mean? Um, and do you feel he owes that to us? I, I think he owes that. I think he owes that to us. Like, um, But I guess he doesn't think he does because he doesn't feel like he, he doesn't respect the community. He doesn't believe there is one and he doesn't believe that he needs it. Understand mm -hmm. that's his opinion. So that then, why are you ever going to entertain the people within it? But I feel like if you think about it in terms of like, to go back to Gracie's point about um, his affiliation with the mayor, um, the mayor of London and um, the Conservative Party, he was sitting like what right behind Boris Johnson during that speech and so on. And him being like um, seen as the person who's going to solve all of this. 
um, to some extent, it's a bit like that. There, there must be a layer of conversation you've had with these people to bamboozle them into thinking you really are the solution. Because how I see it is that him stepping down two days before all of this happened is just putting him in line to be the next bloody London mayor. Do you know what I mean? It's like everything is a political stunt. Potentially. It looks like we're in, it looks like, thank you, it looks like we're watching this live and direct to be like, like what is going to happen next? Like Agreed. the rise yeah. of Pastor Toby while all of us are sitting there thinking, really? And, mm. and if you have that many people against you, and fair enough, you have maybe the rest of the world for you, do you really not want to speak out and just quash it? Because I feel like, like that ZZ Mills interview, the one thing that I thought about it was, you're not asking enough questions. You're allowing him to bamboozle you the way he does so everybody else. other areas. Like we have critical questions that we can ask that maybe they don't feel comfortable asking. And that is that is the crown you wear that you ask these questions when they're uncomfortable. Ask them. <laughs> and she had that right position. But um obviously rounding it up, what I would just as a final question, do you guys feel comfortable with Pastor Toby representing us as as a, an individual within the um, Houses of Parliament? Definitely not. <laughs> okay. They need to do the default. Okay, and just one short but sweet one, Burner Boy and Davido and Wizkid. So there are a few um, albums dropping or projects dropping um, soon. I don't know, Gracie, was it on your timeline? So uh, there was a better time. Wizkid dropped what was looking to drop one. Burner Boy is looking to drop one and two others. can't remember who they were. However, recently, Davido put July ABT drop-in. Burner Boy put July will be very funny and I shall laugh accordingly. Davido put a picture, two of the greatest of all time, no cap. He loves that line, no cap. Um, had a picture of him and Whiskey dressed in some next ritual looking stuff. Um, and then Burner Boy said, you cannot play football. Everybody knows you can't play football and you're an embarrassment to the team. But your daddy bought the football team. Now, who is he talking about, guys? <laughs> it could only be Davido. Anyway, in response to those tweets, somebody tweeted, Burner Boy, somebody I am underscore Remy tweeted, Burner Boy is like that friend that is good in his profession but hates seeing others in that profession excel. He knows fully well that progress of others is not affecting his, but no, he will rather die than hate. He will rather die than hate. I don't know what they mean. Um, first, it was Mayokun, now it's David. Or David, Davido. Davido. But yeah, what are you? Sorry, that was in relation to another conversation Gracie opened up this week about how do you pronounce Davido? Or was it uh, <laughs> DJ, um, DJ Coffee? Yeah, Davido, Davido, Davido. Um, yeah, what are you guys' thoughts on Bona Boy's clapback tweets? Just quickly. Is he being unnecessarily childish? Is he a hater? Do you think his position is actually one to be that is going to be affected by the release of a better time following the success of a good time? You know what I think? I, I just, I, I think that tweet is completely right, to be honest. Like, why? Do you know what I mean? Like, all of us have, it will be different if you were doing it because you don't like the way Davido moves. Like, tell us about the situations he's moved that you don't like. Like, mm -hmm. on this podcast, we talked about some of the things that he's done, the fact that his sound isn't necessarily his own, and all of these other speculations that are out there. Those mm -hmm. are specific reasons why people have come for him. Burner Boy just literally, it just feels as though he doesn't like to see other people shine because he never talks on specific things. He just sends shade. The other problem with it as well is that like Burner Boy is acting as though he wasn't to some extent always in industry for him to also have made it in industry. Like fair enough, Davido's dad bought the team, but you're basically family with Fella. 
you were you were also able to make it just as easily as he was. Like, By virtue of the fact that your family, because those samples, well, he would not have gotten away with if he wasn't cousins of. Let's keep that too. Like you should also humble yourself. Like fair enough, it might not have been the cash money that meant that you bought the best record. Um, like you you bought everything, but actually, real reality, you 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 were given everything to make it. It's it's just a different way. But yeah, I feel like for me as well, it's um. And David is probably one of the people that shouts out others the most. Um, when Burner Boy had a sold out concert in 2018, David asked Shopsy for the footage and shared it on his platform and praised him. You know, David will always shout that he wants to collect his box, is moving a bit mad. Like, out of everyone, David is probably the most unproblematic because he realized that he's at a privilege. He realized people don't yes. rate him because he's and he actively works against it out of everyone he does the most press he's the most active on social media whether that's his personality type or whether he's fighting hard to be seen as a normal person I can't answer but what I do know is out of all of them he's probably the least arrogant and the most relatable we always talk I always talk about the fact that out of all of the icons he's put on loads of people now Burner Boy's obviously just started the Spaceship Collective and he signed a few people now but David was doing it years into his career before he reached the same success that Burner's on. If you look at the Zero video, Burner Boy is right there behind David's. Which okay. video? Dami Zero. Oh, Burner Boy, yes. okay. He's there. Not as a background dancer, he's there as a celeb. But <laughs> Sorry, I just had to put that Stormzy lyric there. Uh, regardless, I just feel like, for me, what did you benefit from, from tweeting that? That's all. And I feel like my perspective is that I appreciate all of them. I think they're all amazing artists. They've all got their strengths. But I do feel like Burner Boy, and I've really seen the change. Like, I've watched videos of Burner Boy from back in the day. And he's like, he's this London boy. And all of a sudden, he's gone to Nigeria and he's developed this miraculous accent, which is fantastic. But it's just like, I feel like you need to just, why, why is that? Why can't you have others around your camp excel? We don't know the personal relationships they've had in between. And I don't know what it is that makes him feel the need to do that but it almost makes him unlikable if you continue to stab at other artists because I really don't feel like unprovoked Wizkid out of all of them is the one that just doesn't say anything like you'll rarely find Wizkid tweeting he hasn't got time for anything Davido will come back at a snapback Davido claps back that's his thing usually unprovoked most of the time but will definitely respond I feel like out of the lot of them Burner Boy is the provoker so they go in the the chain of the provoker Burner Wizkid will clap back and Wizkid and burn, uh, David will clap back and then Wiz will just be like, okay. And it's just like, why do you constantly do that? Are you trying to keep yourself relevant? Because you've gotten accolades for the progress you've made, for the albums you've done. You've been recognised. It's not even like there's a shortfall of recognition in terms of what Burner Boy has achieved to date. So I can't see why he constantly does that. And unfortunately, we can't ask him because he doesn't do press. Oh, well, maybe he does, but he only does it to the big ones. Like... So he's like a, he's he's just a bully. He's the he's the class bully. He's, he's an unnecessary antagonist. And I, I yeah. completely agree with what you say in terms of the fact that it makes you want to dislike him. Like if someone had come out and called themselves African Giant and was humble, I would scream that name. I am now reluctant to say it. Do you know what I mean? Like you've mm -hmm. made not want to identify with you as this person that you are calling yourself because you it's like it's a name that you're forcing down my throat than a name that I believe. That's mm -hmm. what it to me. I feel like as well, obviously, being one of the only contemporary ones to be nominated from, for a Grammy, um, it's a huge achievement. Like, he's taken music to the four corners of the world. It's a huge achievement. Why? Is it intimidation? Is it insecurity? Why? Do, why? Like, I still don't understand the why. Mm -hmm. And um, 
sometimes I feel like when you've been in the scene for so long unchecked, or maybe you're the breadwinner in your family and you go unchecked, no one can say, okay, it's actually enough. But um, in my opinion, I don't know if it was because Adogu didn't wasn't a good song or Money Play wasn't a good song, but those songs didn't do well. And I feel like there may be a correlation with the fact that he's been more vocal on social media Recently. and people are starting to see him and that they're, they're, they're struggling to separate the art from the artist. Me personally, I didn't think they were his strongest songs. But I'll quickly just recap the, the albums that I said were dropping this summer. So it's yeah. Bird Boy Twice as Tall, Tira Savage with Celia, David O with A Better Time, and Wizkid Made in Lagos. So out of all of them, which ones are you guys most excited to hear? Wizkid. Yeah. Um, I feel like A Good Time was good. I do think another part of that is maybe it is also like there is a benefit of being quiet on social media, dropping another album later. Like, like we said, Whiskey doesn't speak and at all, like, and we crave him. Yeah, that's it. Like it, it's, it's like a whole different. Maybe it is. Maybe it's a different way of playing the press. But like all of those albums could drop on the same day. I'm going to Whiskey's first. All of them albums could drop like one week after the other. I'm gonna make sure I know can sing all of Whiskey's songs through and through before I move on. Mm. Say that. But a lot of people didn't download his EP from December. Soundman EP. He had five tracks on there, and that project didn't do well internationally. So, yeah. unfortunately, because I like those, but anyway, it, it's also telling on his character. He happens to be the oldest out of all of them, so that could potentially. Yeah, so he's twenty nine, Anna's twenty eight, David is twenty seven, but Tiwa, since we put her name in, she's forty. So there's that. But then there's also the factor that she's a female. When we look across the board in terms of Afrobeat artists, there's a lot. Um, there's a slight is disparity. The right word in terms of what. Um, uh, we're seeing from our female artists and um, the success. People Savage is extremely successful, but in response, in relation to who we tend to see more of, um, obviously it seems to be the guys. But yeah, all right, that's a cute one, guys. That was Twitter topics, Twitter tweets, whatever. But yeah, let us know your thoughts um, and what you think. Put a timeline. Um, yeah, let us know what you think on these topics. Obviously, we kind of follow the timeline uh, closely to see what's trending, and we'll keep it short and sweet for next time. But I would love to know your opinion on. The African giant, is he too big for his boots? <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, drop us a comment, like, share, subscribe, and across all our platforms. Thank you. Ladies. Cool. Given the time, Ola, you said you need to leave at three. That's in five minutes. What do we do? Um, let's continue. It's fine. I'll speak yeah. to them. They're not going to come in, hopefully. <laughs> do you want to say something to them now or no? No. Okay. Because then I have to. Uh, guys, on the topic, yeah, somebody's done a fan art for me and I can't repost it. No. no you know, the last one with the blue hair was great. Do you want to yeah. see this? Yeah, I do. And it, like, in a perverted way, it looks like me, <laughs> but it looks like Quasimodo. <laughs> oh. The lips, the bit on top of your lips. Do my eyes usually look crossed? Are my eyes that far apart? This was not. It looks like um, they've made cleft lips. It just feels like they drew something. Like, the, the rest of it is not bad, but 
Just tell them, oh, that's lovely. Thank you. Sorry, let me, I'll do the same face so you can see. I'm sure it's bad in person. It's just the nose. It made the nose a bit too exaggerated. Yeah, definitely. Right. No, wait. That, the nose is not the problem here. It's the eyes and the... I also just, think the face shape isn't accurate. Okay. I don't think it's very good, Chef. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know Grace is famous. Oh, you know. What do I do? Do I post it? No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you said yes, you said no. Do a poll. That's okay. a smart one. Do a poll. On my story. Yeah, yeah. Um, or did you want to go in with topic two or should I? Yeah, I can go. Okay. All right. Yeah, so this week, obviously, or and last week, we've been talking about um, just coronavirus and how everyone's feeling and coping with it and so on. And Cindy and I had the revelation on the live that we're both only children. Um, so yeah, I just want to talk about like, yeah, how are people dealing with their siblings, with their family, just during this period, like what are the enlightening things that they've seen? What are the reflections, if there have been any, how are people doing? Grace, you want to kick off? I'm not an only child, so I don't know how to, to involve no, no, myself. Not, not just in terms of like, just in terms of family dynamics in general during this period, like how is it going? Oh, so um, my mum works for the S, so she's out of the house anyway, as usual. So there's been no difference there. Mm -hmm. um, I guess me and my sister are sharing the dining table as our office space, which is calm because actually we're both in meetings and stuff. So I, to be honest, I've been working from home. It's really no different to me. Um, the only difference is, that I guess, my social life. I usually am out every night of the week spending money. Um, and I guess it's been a bit refreshing to be able to be home and to cook and to... I guess, yeah, just to be honest, I want to gas you a lot and say that I've been doing like springing and stuff. Literally just before lockdown, I did a huge clear up of my room. Um, I emptied stuff that hadn't been touched in like 15 years. I found boxes in my cupboard because my room is the biggest in the house. So everyone just uses it for storage. I found boxes of stuff that hadn't been unpacked from the day we moved in, in 20, wow. no, 2000. Wow. So I, I, I've done the big cattle drops. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I really want to tell you that I've been, like really productive, I mean, or bonding with the family or doing stuff around the house, and I haven't. Mm. But um, business-wise, we popping, we're doing things, we're doing bits, so that's good. I don't yeah. know that I've answered the question. Nothing's changed in my household for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you think that that's because essentially this is quite, the only thing that's changed is your evenings, really. Literally. And in the evenings, everyone was doing their own pee anyway. So, yeah. yeah. And realistically, in the evenings, you do your lives anyway. So it's you're, you're working just as hard as you were before. Maybe even I'm harder. Because now, because at least I saw somebody tweet um, something along the lines of, um, how can I rest at home? Or how can I use my house as my place of respite when I'm working from home? Mm -hmm. And it's not that case for me because I've always worked from home. So this my room has always been my office, my studio, my every, my, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think. In that situation, it's about deciding where in the house becomes your office space, I think, because you would need some sort of differentiation so that you can, well, that person in particular that tweeted would need to be able to differentiate whether the living room now becomes a place of rest or the bathroom becomes a place of rest when she's taking a shower or something or a bath. So it's also about having a nice balance because we are obviously confined to the four walls right now. We have to use different spaces for different things. Mm. I'm at my most creative in my, my living room. 
Yeah. Um, I think as well. Very- I think I relax most on the toilet. This is like not that I'm doing it. Like some, I'll just sit. Mm. Is that weird? Like I've finished what I need to do and I'll just sit. But I know, know the feeling. Do you get pins like, and needles? It's about you though. Like I feel like it's because you're not. Like you said, you're working harder now. So actually, when you sit and you stop, that's when you can you can do more because you're not like I you're, like your timing during this period. Even though you're always late, your timing during this period. <laughs> us that we're doing this at this time means that you're still working to a schedule do you know what i mean so i feel like you're busier during this period definitely i mean i don't know i feel like i'm seeing you grow like i'm seeing i'm seeing following numbers going up and so on and so forth for sure don't take it away from yourself girl you're out here do you know what i mean Mm. so like definitely in terms of thinking about it in terms of what you've gained from this period like i feel like your work has been your work has spoken for itself that's good and we've seen any cry flags, yeah. Okay, yeah. Reflect on that, girl. Why you gonna cry? Why you gonna cry for? <laughs> no, me, I'm okay, the I'm most... okay. No, you're good. No, and shout out to uh, one of your business lines that's come out recently, Lord London. Hey, the other one, Afro Splash. Yes, okay. I wanted to make sure that you're affiliated with it because I wasn't sure, mm. um, but yeah, shout up on that. Obviously, that's another creative space, um, to showcase some talents and stuff which should be dope. Um, I've decided also following an interview I did with Rebecca London, uh, following an interview I did with... Um, Shayla Rose? Shayla Rose. <laughs> I'm going to be steaming my voice um, and I'm going to be dropping an album at the end of quarantine. Hey, is it? What made you What made you decide to do that? I was listening to Tomei's album and there's a track on there called Free. And when I was replicating the <laughs> lyrics to the song, I thought that I, I could sing. And I just thought, you know what? Let me just fine-tune this. Now is the time. All these apps are giving three months free trials. I've interviewed enough artists to know what it takes to be an artist. So, and a lot of them have said... You've got readily available. I know. I'm going to go. I'm going to... She won't even know it's me. I'm going to submit it in you know, her. Can we, get a, can we get a promo? Can we get a promo? Let's do sing sing the song that you just said that you learned and you you felt you were feeling yourself. Okay. <clears throat> oh, she's got a backing track. It was ready. <laughs> it was ready. What? I said I was singing in the car. So you're just looking out the window, imagining life. <clears throat> music video i can't run away from home i'm running i'm running i'm running oh i need to stop putting my arms up because they're not small like ollas who's lost weight <laughs> <laughs> i can run away from home i'm running i'm running i'm on so basically all i need to do yeah is just steam my voice as Shayla Rose said, and yeah, I'll be ready. Did she give you that advice herself? Yeah, but she hadn't actually heard me sing when she gave me that advice. Oh, okay. Maybe you should speak to her after she's heard you sing. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate the support from you guys already. I could feel it. I could see it. Yeah. yeah. It's coming through the phone. Um, mm. how's the but how is quarantine for you? How is the sing um, um what's it, only child life? Only child life. So for me, um, there was never that separation from my mother because we just don't believe in that. 
Um, but I've been taking precautions. Um, obviously, I live on my own, so I have been seeing. I live on my own. Um, so I have discovered things about me that I do. So I'm, I'm a procrastinator, and I always look for a reason as to why I procrastinate. So whilst we were on lockdown, before we were on lockdown, it used to be, oh, I have to go to work every day. I can't do X, Y, and Z. Whilst I've been at home, those reasons are there, but in a different form. So I just realized I am the problem. It's got nothing to do externally, and it's just within me. I need to seek what I really want in life. Otherwise, I'm not going to achieve it. I'm going to keep blaming other factors, which are not necessarily an issue. One thing I realized, I learned about myself is I am very creative. However, it takes me a while to build on something. And once I've got the idea, I look for results straight away. And therefore, that often leads to frustration. Um, in this time, there's been a lot of stuff that I've, I'm a performer in general. I like to talk to people. I've enjoyed doing lives. So I've been reaching out to people, doing lives, doing interviews, just keeping up with the fact that I used to do TV outside of lockdown and still trying to build a platform for myself just to be that person because essentially somebody did give me advice at one point just to build up you as an individual like Oprah isn't attached to any tv show or anything she's Oprah Winfrey people want interviews with Oprah and eventually I'd like to be that person that people want to have a good time with me when it comes to like interacting I don't like I don't want a, a typical interview I want them to because as an artist you tend to repeat the same thing over and over again because people ask the same questions and I'm trying to bring a different experience and the way I do that is by doing like games within the interview or just doing things that relate to them that maybe you didn't necessarily know as an artist that as a fan of that person um so that's what I'm doing I notice I leave the cupboard doors open um where I get my plate stuff and cups from as in the kitchen um that's really annoying um, <laughs> and but yeah I've really enjoyed it I've enjoyed it I like I am a busy, like Gracie May, I was never at home. And everyone used to say to me, oh, Cindy, you've always got like 10 motives on one day. That's why you're always late. They would always respect the fact that you're busy by caveating the fact that you're always late, but we know because you've done X, Y, and Z, which I guess in a way made me feel a little bit better than you're always late. Why are you always late? Um, but yeah, like I just love being at home. I think it's been an amazing time to really self-reflect. And to really just think about what it is in life you really want to go back to as a norm. Because when I think about it, I can't go back and do the same things again. I have to really decide where I want to focus my energy and my time on because a lot of it can be very, very draining. And even being at home is still essentially draining because when you're reaching out to artists, you still have to do a little bit of work on them, find out about them and make stuff fun. But um, it has really, really made me think where I want to like spend my time. And yeah, just, I think I've just, I'm happy. I am happy. Certain things has happened during the time which I hope that in the lockdown I'll be able to speak on them more freely because they won't be a situation anymore. But I am actually very, like, surprisingly, if I told you what has happened, you guys wouldn't imagine just the way I've been carrying on. So I'm actually very, very, like, I'm I'm feeling blessed. So I'm, I'm actually grateful. I'm happy and blessed and positive. So, yeah. And you've been doing a couple of series, The Taste of Temi, every Tuesday. Tuesday yeah. On top of the celebrity interviews, girl, you didn't want to sail on your hair. Which we see you coming. Oh, are you about to bring out a wig? I know. You never know, baby. Look at that bounce. Look at that bounce. Mm -hmm. We love it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I do love it. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll quickly go on me. So, um, yeah, so the reason I asked was just because, like, obviously, we didn't know that we were only children. I can't but, believe that. Yeah, a lot of people have been asking me as well, like, how are you dealing with it? And I think part of the nature of being an only child means that your relationship with your parents is different. So mm. like, I get on, me and my dad are like squad goals. Do you know what I mean? Like, we argue with Bikar, we laugh, we fight, we debate, we watch, we, watch game, we watch football together, we play PlayStation together. Like, 
you can't separate us really. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this situation as well, it's also just been really interesting to like see how we work together better when we're always together. Um, like you guys said, like um, I'm also one of those people that I'm never at home. Um, and I'm now I'm now I'm at home. I'm just I they just, love it in it. I love it. Like I can but really, they love I'm, it as well. Love, Our parents love it more. Yeah. But, like, I actually love it. Like, I feel like all of the things that I used to just find so annoying, I'm just so much more patient with. So, like, okay. I feel really liberated during this period. Like Cindy said, like, there's been a load of learnings that I've had about myself. Um, I've always been one of those people that I do not like. Um, I do not like any form of exercise that you have to do by yourself. I'm not one of those people that I can be in the gym by myself. I need a gym buddy. I play all team sports. You're never going to catch me going for a run by myself. And now, all of a sudden, I can skip by myself I can do whatever I'm doing by myself I'm fine do you know what I mean mm. like I can go for walks by myself like I feel like I'm really learning I'm just really learning about myself and I'm enjoying it but I think I've always I've also really enjoyed seeing how my behavior has changed in the house and how how everyone has just responded to it like I feel like everyone in the house is just finding ways new ways to accommodate to each other to work better as a team like it's just it's just really nice to see like everyone's mm-hmm. just everyone's just falling in line and doing what needs to be done to help everyone out. It's just who lives I in just, your house? So it's me, my mum, my auntie, and myself. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And I just really like the idea that it's like they know like they know that I'm working, so it's like oh they made like they're making smoothies because they know that I'm not eating this and like that they'll mm-hmm. deliver a smoothie to my and your dad yeah. Yeah, 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 my dad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and like someone would deliver a smoothie to my door. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, ah, like, wow, friendship it's goals. Just, it's just, it's like different levels of teamwork, and it has really just made me appreciate the idea that if this time existed, this is actually what we would all do for each other. This is this mm. this level of love has not changed. It's always been here. Time yeah. is a barrier, and now that there is so much time, there is no reason to not do. So it just really makes you feel how. I just feel like it really makes you feel the love that is in the house. Like, I'm just really... I like that. Essentially, just a quick one for you two ladies. If you guys were living on your own, because we're not too dissimilar in age, how would have the, the lockdown affected you? Would you essentially have moved back into your parents' houses during this phase? No. No? <laughs> okay. No, that's fair enough. And, uh, I, think, I mean, I didn't, so... I think... I think if I hadn't have experienced this... Okay, I, I was going to say, given what you know. No. I think now, given what I know, definitely, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Racy, any I reasons? From the perspective of nothing's changed. So my mum still works for the NHS. She's still out every yeah. day. Um, I guess having dinner together is something that we try to do anyway. And that mm-hmm. happened. Even when I was going out, I would dip after we've had dinner, which is why you know I'm a fatty, because I eat with the family and still, still eat out after. Yeah, and you have to eat at home. They've cooked them ones. Um, but yeah, I, because life hasn't really checked. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just coming yeah, okay. from perspectives. No, I get you. No, like, it's you useful. Mean, I feel like, and I think, I think is even though life hasn't changed, like we can see the growth. So I guess mm. my to you would be to think about like what has there. Something has changed because you're working harder than you're working. You're pushing things. <laughs> you're finding new opportunities. Yeah. Uh, you're right maybe maybe I've got more luxury so the hour I would have spent driving to get to a location is now an hour back in my day so maybe that's an hour of more productivity or more rest but Mm. I think I said it outside of the pod I'm more tired now than I've been in years Mm. I don't know what day is your rest day I don't have a rest and the thing is I because I have my own personal brand and then I'm running a few other brands and then some of the work I do is to push other brands 
yeah. Do you feel it's important? Do you not feel you should take a rest day? 100, but I feel like we said this on a previous episode where my goal really is to maximise my impact in the next seven years. Like by 35, I want to have achieved like all of my goals. Um, all of the goals. Like, I feel like you get new goals all the time, but I feel like I want to be in a position where I can retire by 35. So I don't feel like now is when I should be resting. Um, you I maybe that's why you go on a lot of holidays. Yeah, you, yeah. Because yeah, I'm just thinking, like, if that if you think about it in terms of what it is that people do to escape, like, I, I go on quite a lot of holidays because I'm a busy person as well, but my thing is experiences. So I'm not going, I can go and sit on the beach, don't get me wrong, but if I'm going to St. Kitts, I'm getting on the path, I'm getting, I'm going parasailing, I'm doing this, like, and so... Like, maybe that's another... Because you go on a lot of holidays, Gracie, so maybe actually... I don't feel like we should keep saying that. I don't feel like it's that much. No, but I mean, it's like you take a week and you make the best of the time. So maybe that could be a thing as well. Like, take a week during this period if you're more tired than you have been and just rest. She won't do it. I know. I'm even annoyed. <laughs> and I just got credited on a cocktail recipe. <laughs> Take you out, take you it's out. Bye, bye, me. But yeah, but it's getting good. In good. But no, it's good. It's good to hear how people are doing during this period. Like, I feel like it's important to check in on each other. Make sure people <laughs> are as well. We won't get the time back. Mm, for sure. And I don't know if this is off the back of um, a Twitter timeline um, situation where there was a siblings rivaling in the living room or so, in the dining room. And then one of the children, one of the other siblings picked up which looked like a knife, but apparently it wasn't. And they were just going at each other. There was like a lot of, um, no, you guys, not, not that. Okay, uh, next. We will talk about that off topic. Um, yeah, all right. Gracie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Last but not least, uh, um, something that I think is it's really an important topic to me um, and I'll, I guess I'll try and frame it in a way where I don't push my opinion on you guys. But um, did you know that one in three white people give blood, but only one in a hundred thousand black people do? A hundred. I don't think those figures are accurate. I'm not going to lie to you. I think that's it's not. I don't think it'll be that accurate. So why I wanted to start with that um, is actually how many people do you know that have given blood? How many times have you given blood in your lifetime? When was the last time you gave blood? I have, and I do know black people that do, yeah. I know people that do. I, I'm actually... How often, though? Is that, Do you have to do it often? Or... Yeah, you should do it. Like... Girl, yes! Yeah. Okay. So every time you give blood, they take, um, I believe, four pints, and you have eight pints in your body. Um, obviously, there's different reasons why black people can't. So whether it's sickle cell or whether it's just being generally anemic or maybe you've had malaria and you can't contaminate the blood. So everyone has different reasons um, that that contribute to that figure. But to me, that's very accurate. I don't think giving blood is part of our culture. I think for religious purposes, for cultural purposes, it's just not something we're comfortable with doing. I saw a video trending yesterday of a man stealing sanitary towels out of a bin and they were asking him why. And everyone in the comments was like, he's using it for ritual. Make sure when you when you throw out your, your pads, make sure you burn it. I've seen all, look, the topic of blood in our community is, is a different one anyway. And I segue to the, the youth government have now enacted a law where you don't have to sign up, you don't have to sign in for the program anymore. It's by default that when you die, 
your organs are used to save others and now you have to in and of yourself actively sign out of the program otherwise they will presume that you are on board with donating your organs um and i guess the question is is that right so i'll quickly just give you two sides of the argument and then i'll get, let, let you you guys jump in some people say that you know state shouldn't be involved in the autonomy of a person um and with gdpr gdpr is like the biggest thing right you have to opt into things um mm -hmm. as opposed to you having to opt out why are we now in a world where you're you have control of my body after my passing um, and then the other argument is but if it's going to save lives and more people should do it and your heart could be used in this surgery and your lung could be used in that surgery why wouldn't you so that, that that's the two ends of the argument over to you guys what do you think um, I can go. So I think um, I do agree that I do mm. understand, I won't say agree, I do understand the argument of GDPR um, in terms of like, it, it seems odd that we're going for polar opposites of ways of protecting people's people, <laughs> people's person, I guess. Um, but for me, I think there is something to think about in terms of saving lives. I also think if you were to ask the question, because I also, I'm thinking about what was the thing that made them make this decision. I feel like if you mm. were to ask the question of, um, would you, um, like, at the end of life, if you were able to save a child, you were able to save, or just bring a family back together, you were able to do whatever, would you opt to do it? And I think the reality of it is that most people will say yes, but for people to actually do the paperwork to do it, there probably is a barrier there. Whether it's time, people understanding the process, or wh wh whatever that may be, it's sort of a, an easier way. Um, it probably is actually more difficult to get people over that line. And so then you just, you flip the switch. Um, and so actually then what they need to do is actively say they don't want to. Um, I personally think it's a good thing because like it could be any of us that our family need that organ. And at the same time, when that person passes, they don't need it. Um, I do hear the spiritual argument. I do know why people will be uncomfortable with it. Me, as a Christian, I'm not uncomfortable with the idea, um, but I understand that maybe more traditionally other people would be. But I think it's a good move of, we have to separate the world from the church and I think it's a very good move of the world to actually like let's save more people if we can. Just three points to come back to you before Cindy jumps in. So one, when you get your provisional and your pinky license, they do ask you, do you want to opt onto the donor register? It's literally a tick of a box. And I would say that a majority of people in this country do drive um or or at least hold a provisional even if they don't have a car. So I think the government had tried to make it much easier before, especially knowing that to come back on that point but don't, don't i feel like that in that element of when you're asking people you're asking people essentially saying to them that this is a situation in which you could die like now you've got a license you could also get in a car crash would you give your organs away i just that's just not a respect that's not a reasonable place to ask them do you know what i mean i think the, rea the reality i don't even know if i would have ticked that box when i saw that because i think i'd have been like what it's not because i don't want to i would just be there like so you know what to take my organs because you've given me license. Do you know what I mean? Like, you just won't take it well. But sorry, continue. <laughs> um, I did, that's a separate issue. I think the second point was around if you know what it's going to be used for. And I think a lot of the uproar is people know what it's going to be used for and they're mm. still happy. Like, why don't people actively go and give blood? They know that it's going to save a life. When would a person need blood? If they're, if they're sickle cell, um, if they've got sickle cell and they need blood transfusion, which sickle cell people need every six to eight weeks, if you're in a car crash and you have a loss of blood and you know that it's going to be used to save a life, I feel like we know what what it's going to be used for. We just choose not, there's that cognitive dissonance of 
it hasn't happened to me. It hasn't happened to anyone that I know. So I'm not going to actively partake. And then the last thing was you said about the world and the church. A lot of people on the negative end of this argument have said, well, actually, what's the distinction between the state and the person? Like how much control should the government and should the country have over your body? At what point do you have autonomy if you know that at the point of death, somebody owns your parts? Cindy, well, what do you think? Whoa. um for me I would I didn't even take it to that extent I just like the idea of being preserved in my final state for example and I'd like to leave it at that and especially the only other love person one person that I love the most at the same um I'd like for that to be the final state personally and even like thinking of the one person that I have lost um dear to me I wouldn't irrespective of whether I know that it can save it's quite weird because that person went to, unfortunately, something that was in relation to the heart. So essentially, I would have said if they had said to me that if somebody could d- donate their heart and to save her, because the other question I know that was floating around was that if you had opted out, should you then be in a position to take if you were in need of it? Um, so I can't really think. It's just something that I always play. Things that I've, I feel like aren't necessarily affecting me so closely. I always keep at the back they're very far in my mind so I can't give you like a real it may not be valid in the grand scheme of things but for me personally it's just about preservation um and it actually leads me on to something slightly different where in terms of like this whole corona situation now a lot of people are unable to see their loved ones at their final hour and there's also this question um I guess whether it be culturally where it's just wondering whether that individual and this is going to sound so crazy whether someone has actually died just because the state has said that person has died. So if essentially the last time you saw someone was when they went into hospital, you're not allowed to visit them during any treatment. You essentially lose contact with them depending on what state they're in. And then when it comes to their funeral, you're not allowed to have an open casket. Obviously, in your mind, is it the fact that you're not your is it the idea that you're not seeing that person one more time? Or if you were to know that they've actually this essentially disseminates this that body for use of other things are you more comfortable with knowing that the reason why they're not actually showing you the body obviously we can take away the fact that corona can be passed on and whatnot but in just in terms of like knowing that you're not i can't i just i would like to i would just i'd like to go in one piece i i know that the organs aren't gonna i don't know how they do it and that's also another thing it's also that not knowing how it's done like when they take bits of your body you essentially remain in the same piece do they cut you up are you now dismantled like things like that if it's the case I can really answer that um so obviously at the moment you die your body starts shutting down obviously it starts um decaying deteriorating all of that so mm. if you're on the register and you are in a position like you're in hospital as an example and they they have the option of doing the whole ventilation system they will keep you preserved in an alive state so that they can do the extraction before turning off the necessary because obviously, once mm-hmm. you start dying, um, you're 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 not your organs are not in the best position for a transplant. Mm-hmm. So that's to answer that question. I think one of, actually to touch on the previous point though, I think one of the reasons why it's this whole government scheme is that the black market does thrive on actually hiring people to do hits if you want, so and nice. and people will kill others if they need i mean think about um get out right the whole concept is they wanted to harvest the black organs of um daniel kaluuya i forgot his name in the film um Mm. or somebody that was dying they wanted to use and it's a very real thing um and i think part of or knowledge of that is why a lot of um, black people 
don't want to be involved. <laughs> They're like, okay, so what are you going to do with my organs after? We're very, yeah, we're very skeptical in terms of things. Yeah. There's a, um, obviously, you can't blame us. You can't. Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe in blood transfusions. They don't believe in organ um, donation. Obviously, the other side is Babalawa will say, come and bring somebody's heart and you'll be king. So in um, in Yoruba tradition, a Yoruba tradition is for you to become Oba after the previous one has passed. You have to eat their heart, I think, do something with their head um, and then bury like seven people with the previous Oba to like take them through the afterlife. So I feel like when you mix spirituality with religion, with suspicion just in general people are not cool and then if you put the christian slant on it um there are many different variations of how the world ends so some people believe in judgment day so when you die everyone's like in the grave and then everyone's risen and judged which is the judgment day and then the other thing that people believe is um the pearly gates situation so as soon as you die you go to the pearly gates and you're judged to see if you're in the book of life now if you believe in judgment day where everyone is risen and everyone's judged, then you would like to be intact, right? <laughs> you don't want to be risen with your your parts falling out. And actually, I, I don't know what I believe out of the two, and it's not something to debate here. But um, yeah, that's one reason why people don't really mess with that idea, because they want to be whole when they're, mm. when they're brought back to life. Um, but with the matter, sorry, I'm just thinking, like, I do hear what you're saying with like the pearly gate situation and that. That, that that thought process of like being intact but your body's decaying like <laughs> there's not going to well, be anything left of you and so like how yeah. I, I think I think there's also an element of people like it's like Cindy's point about whether or not someone's body's like what are they going to look like they stitch you back as though every hole has been filled do you know what I mean okay. like it's not as though like the the body is because obviously because the rib cage is there the lungs just aren't inside so it's not as though like the skin falls flat <laughs> do you know what I mean? And then it's just, it's just. I mean, what organs? When it comes to donor organs, there's only a certain number of organs that they can actually use, right? Um, donate everything. So you can have a heart transplant. Yeah, yeah. You can donate. I think the only thing you can't donate is your brain, but every other organ and every other membrane. It can be used as muscle tissue for other things. Say that again. It can be used as tissue for other things, so they can oh. actually use it to like add to things when they need. To, when Let's say there's like a deficiency in something that they're trying to build. They can use it as muscle. Wow. Do you, want to, do you guys want to hear a couple of the things that I've seen? Go ahead. Your cornea, the middle of your ear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Middle ear. I didn't even know what middle ear is. Your intestine, skin, bone, and the usual heart, valve, liver, kidney, lungs, etc. cetera. So I did not know. If you ever have like a nose, um, a rhinoplasty, because your nose bridge, your septum is made of cartilage, Sometimes if you're getting your nose extended or shortened or maybe it's collapsed because of cocaine use or whatever, they will use this part of your ear. They've got the oh. So that's probably what they meant by the middle ear. Okay. Interesting. Um, um but yeah, no, I think for me why okay, so do you ladies give blood then off the quick question? So, so I'm I'm anemic, um, and I went through like a I do really want to give blood. I'm quite severely anemic though. Um mm. I went through like a whole period of like eating right and doing everything getting ready to just so blood. that you can yeah mm-hmm. and it was supposed to be just before corona and then i couldn't do it but i would give blood if i could okay and grace made you give blood um i tried to but the last time i wanted to i was sick um and then it was supposed to be rescheduled and life got hold of me but mm-hmm. uh, because i have my best friend i hope she's okay with me saying this my best friend has cell she's in hospital every week every eight weeks getting the blood transfusion where they literally pump all the blood out and pump a fresh batch of blood in 
she's always saying that, you know, uh, most black people are type O or blood type O. And actually they have to rely heavily on Mediterranean um, donators um, because not enough black people do. Imagine in a 52 week year having to get your blood pumped every two months or every eight weeks. Are there guidelines as to how often they say we should be donating blood? Um, I would have to check that, but I think okay. it's once a quarter. Um, it's different from the bone marrow register where they actually go in um, and they take like a sample of your bone marrow, I think, um, okay. and then they put you on the register. And then if it's needed, then they'll call you to be like, yo, we need a bit more. Um, mm. And obviously bone marrow is where they, um, don't, don't kill me if I'm getting this wrong, but I think bone marrow is where blood production starts. It's also, the most, it's also really painful to give bone marrow. It's very painful, but if it's still alive, is it worth it? Probably. Mm. All right, we should do a poll right. on our Pro Beats podcast as to who gives blood and how often they do so. It'd be interesting. Yeah, Cindy, actually, we haven't asked you. Have you given blood before? Um, only in uni, and it was a drive, and I was I was ready to give it. I don't think I was able to. I don't know. Um, I don't know if most. I mean, I have sickle cell traits. So I've said, but I've never, I've never had to come across it. I don't even know if I still have it. If that's the thing, whether it goes or not. Um, but I just, yeah, I've not, not like that. And I believe um, that trait can't donate. Yeah, I think so too. Oh, even the traits. Yeah. Because oh, okay. you mean that you can't get um, sickle cell trait? That means mosquitoes don't like your blood, right? Isn't that true? It's I like don't know. It doesn't <laughs> stop them from biting me. Like most people that. Are, <laughs> Is it that if you're a ca- not a carrier, like there is like a there's like a there's a type of people that have like some form of sickle cell without full blown sickle cell that mm. ketos do not like their blood. Oh really? But they'll still have to try it to know. But I think this is also actually a really good time <laughs> to just put yeah. in the topic in the scene as we've got a platform just to get everyone to kind of if you don't already know your blood type, um, because it is very important, especially when starting a relationship with someone to to get to know each other's blood type, especially if you're looking to have children, because you can have some serious implications when both of you decide to have a child together and you have conflicting blood types. So if you haven't already, make sure you well, now probably wouldn't be a best time because we're all scared to go to the hospital. Um, but when you can, um, yeah, this is sort of like our message to please to you guys to kind of get your blood type, know your blood type. And yeah. I love that. Let's go high then. Let me quickly ask you guys, at what point in your relationship do you ask your partner about their blood type and their genotype? And their... When is the right time to ask? I, I, it's just... if The thing is, it should just be a conversation. It's, it's a weird one. Because you can actually, it's a very weird one. And it's one of those questions because it really affects whether you have children. So imagine building a relationship with someone for three years and then you realise your blood types conflict and you could end up raising a child with some serious health implications because you have conflicting blood types. Should you have checked it before? I mean, it's like asking with your partner, when was the last time they were in a hospital for a severe disease or major? I don't know. There's certain questions. Your actions actually have input. Definitely as a healthy life, or I don't know. Cindy, answer the question. I haven't. I don't know. I wouldn't. I I would, but it would be a later thought. But it is something that I would like to know more. But but like I said, not many people even know their blood type. I know because I went and got it. Um, So if it was me, um, I'll do it at the first available opportunity. I just probably wouldn't create. When is that? So when you're in a relationship with someone, or you're dating someone, and someone. And they're talking about kids and so on, and they want their kids to be like this and so on and so forth. That's it. Boom. Okay. What's your blood type? <laughs> that That's a good one. Away, because then 
everyone's everyone's aware. That's a good one, yeah. Usually about the kids' conversation. I like that, Gracie. Um, I feel like for me, you know, by the time you're having the kids' conversation, sometimes it can be too late because by that point, if you're comfortable enough to be talking about kids and marriage, you're already feeling that person. You're maybe on the pathway to love. So I disagree. I try to lock it out in the first. Really? Yeah, I feel like I'm talking about. Mm. Nope. Really. Really, I feel nah, like you, I really don't. I feel like it's easier to talk about what like it's easier to talk about what you want mm. versus what is reality with people nowadays because like it doesn't mean it has to be you. Do you know what I mean? I'm just telling yeah. you. Yeah. Um, I think it's obviously when you're talking. I'm going to my experience. Oh. No, I was just gonna say in my experience when you bring the topic up too early. They get scared. They're like, "Why oh. she wants to marry me? She wants to have kids with me." I don't want a scared guy. You're not for me, then, scaredy cat. <laughs> you like the way that I <laughs> hey. I feel like for me, it will be more like um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of how I would have jokingly brought it into a conversation. Um, like maybe if you're talking about families, like, oh yeah, I've got, I've got, um, I'm an only child. I've got this many cousins. They, I've all lived in my house at some point in time. I want a big family. But can I just say that the irony of that is, Ola, we've known each other for how long now? And it's taken us how many months to even know that we are only children? Yeah. And obviously we're not in that setting where we're, you know, do you know what I mean? But I just feel like it's quite uh, funny. I'm not, not trying to date you, Sydney. <laughs> well, no! <laughs> but um, I'm just looking back on what, like how long we have known each other. And it's so funny that those conversations, rightly or wrongly so, don't come up till at the most random ages in uh, yeah, careers. True. But yeah. Another yeah. right, yeah, so interesting one. Last question. Three questions in one. One, okay. do you give blood? So, Two, should you give blood? And three, are you happy with automatically being registered on the donor register? So just give me yes, no, yes, 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 no, yes, yes, yes. Yay, Cindy? Yay. Um, no, I don't give blood. Should <laughs> you give blood? Yes. And am I automatically happy? No. No, yes, no. Um, I want to say, yeah, I give blood because I, I would. It's just the circumstances right now aren't allowing it. I haven't, but I will. Um, what was the second one? Should you? Should you? Should you? Definitely, definitely. And as a people, we need to we need to get better. And will I be automatically happy with them taking it? Yeah, man. Take my organs. Save save some uh, one else's life. Make someone else's family happier. I'm happy with them. So. Um, I would say no, even though I have, because it's not something I actively do. And if you're an active donator, you should do it, I think, three to, two to three times a year. So I'm going to say no, hand on heart, but I would like to be. Um, should you do it? Of course. And yeah, bro, use my organs, okay? If you have seen Seven Pounds of Will Smith, they took his eyes, they took his nose, they took everything, and he That's saved like seven families' lives. Great. Wow. I'm going to yeah, do that. Too many gems. Too many gems. That was a good film. I don't like Will Smith. That's a conversation. But that was a good film. We can have a topic. We can have a whole episode on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yes. But I do also want to touch on, so next week, remind me, my topic is, we should do this, actually. I'm going to write it down. It's going to happen so that people come back next week. (laughs) But you would anyway, because you love us. Um, But next week, I want to talk about the fact that um, in the UK, there is a want to um, eliminate the ability for HIV to be 
transfused. Is that the right word? Transported. Transmitted. Transmitted. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. They want to. They want um, the transmission rate to be at zero by twenty thirty, and they've got lots of plans in terms of doing that. They want to talk about what that means for future families, and if people will then, I guess, go there or say, "I don't want to go there," considering we've been I talking about. Mm. Sorry. I don't want to go there. Um, I had to go. <laughs> All right, okay. let's wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for getting involved. Please feel free to jump into the comments if you have any opinions on being on the donor register, how you have been enjoying quarantining, whether you're a single child, only child, living alone in a big family, or whatever. And uh, feel free to stream us on all social media platforms and no, social streaming platforms and social media platforms. Brobeats podcast everywhere. That's it. We're out. We out. Peace. Peace.